Hey there again to you. This is Pastor Mark, Words of Life. And on this week's podcast or broadcast, we're going to talk about what it means to be reunited. You know, at some point you were with somebody or you all were one. You all were together in unison, in love. But at some point, somebody lost their way. You may have gotten separated. But then at some point, you turned back too, or you were reunited and together again. We're going to talk about that because it has everything to do with today's message. In context, just hang on. We'll explain it in just a minute. See you in a few. We thank you for joining our Words of Life broadcast, where our mission is persuading the lost, perfecting each believer, and equipping all for service with practical application from God's Word. We now join Pastor Mark for this week's Words of Life. Hey there again to you. This is Pastor Mark, and we thank you for tuning in for this week's episode via the podcast or the broadcast. I want to say thank you. Before we even get started, I'd like to try to tell you right off the bat. We don't take your time for granted because the truth of the fact is you could have been listening to anybody else. You could have been watching anybody else, but you have, you were sensitive to God's spirit touching your heart to pause, to listen, to watch, to hear a word from him through this ministry. And for that, we don't take that lightly. We don't take you for granted. And we do appreciate that. We're going to ask that you turn into your Bible, the very first book out of the 66 in the Word of God. We're going to the book of Genesis. I'm going to read one verse, chapter 2, verse 7. Won't ad lib long. I'm going to go ahead and throw up the final on the screen just in case you're not there. But Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 reads as follows. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul i.e. being may the lord add a blessing to the hearers the readers but most importantly those that intend to do with your help lord your holy word the title of this week's message that we want you to consider is simply entitled reunited and i mean as we delve into our topical sermon Instead of exegesis today, to exegete a text is to interpret what it meant then, and then, only then, can we bring forth the meaning of a text to how it applies to us now. That is scriptural exegesis. But instead of exegeting this text today, I want to make this a topical sermon. We're going to talk about what it means to be reunited in the context of Genesis 2 and 7. And so with this topical sermon, let's go ahead and give us a topical breakdown of the prefix. That's literally point number one, understanding the prefix re, R-E, re. That is the application point for number one today. Just let's understand the prefix re. Coming from the Latin root, if we were to define re, it simply means again. It means back or back to the original place or state. That prefix re indicates that an action has previously occurred at some point in time that we can return to. Let's put this prefix into practice with words that we routinely use in our vernacular. For instance, 
refill the cup or the gas tank. Lord have mercy on the prices of gas, but at some point the gas tank was full, but now it's empty and it has to be refilled to its previous state of being filled or full. Let's think about another word, revive or revival. That personal group of people, they were so alive at some point, but now their energy is lacking. It has faded. So now let's revive. Let's have a revival. Let's bring back to life. Let's restore that zeal or energy that they were full of life and fervor before. Here's one more. Remind. Hmm. I was told this before. I may have even understood it, but I may have forgotten some details. So take me back to what you said. Remind me again about what I once remembered and had a firm grasp of. That concept, the prefix, the prefix re. That's point number one, simply, that we understand that prefix re takes us back to an original place or state. And now let's go ahead to point number two as we transition from the prefix re to the word reunited. That's the title of our sermon this week. And since we have established now that re takes us back to an original state or place to be reunited must take into account that someone was at some point united with another. There can be no family reunion unless there has first been a loving, united family. Consequently, a loving, united God is no different because to return to him safely, see how I kind of made that transition? We've got to understand, a loving, united God is no different when it comes to being united because for us to return to him safely in eternity, we have first got to understand who God expects us to first be united with or tied to. And so now let's revisit our opening text because we exist from God's breath alone. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Every move we make, every step we take, it is in him we live. We move and have our being. We exist from God's breath. He breathed into us and we became living souls. But understand, once we die and our body returns to earth and dust, God's breath, our souls, our spirit, it will return to be reunited with the one from whence all life springs forth. That is God Almighty alone. He is the giver of life. It wasn't mom. It wasn't dad. It is. It wasn't the Big Bang. It wasn't an eight. It is God alone, the giver of life. And whether we believe this or not, it will not make us any less accountable to its indisputable truth. Being reunited takes the eternal part of our being back to its original owner. And we will be given eternal bodies to last in one of two realms. Being reunited is not about seeing a loved one in heaven if they made it and we make it, that's great. But the truth is, heaven, I love this author, what he said, heaven is not the goal of being reunited. 
after we die. Being in the presence of the only awesome, matchless, indisputable God, that is the goal. That is what we're being prepared for. It is a sobering reality for each one of us to have an approaching date with God Almighty. Understand, dad, mom, child, sibling, nobody will be able to stand with us. Each one of us will stand before God alone. And this leads me to our final point, the most important one of any sermon. Understanding that Jesus is necessary because point number three, we will return for judgment. We will reunite with God for judgment. Notice the beauty of the word return. We have traveled all of our lives, every one of us, from one direction, that is infected with sin at birth. But guess what? In that word return, God is giving us the opportunity to turn away from sin. Turn back to him. Thus, judgment from God, it must commence for us in one of two ways. Here's way number one. You will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You accepted my son Jesus as my only requirement before. There is no second chance. There is no waiting place before you die. You accepted Jesus before your body returned to dust and your soul and spirit exited your body and your life of work in my name. I will judge that for you receiving or losing eternal reward. We can lose eternal reward. Now our eternal salvation with God, the relationship that is secure, but we will be judged for what we did on earth in the name of Jesus. Or option two, you can, you can expect to hear from God, depart from me. I never knew you. If you didn't accept my son, my only requirement, I never knew you. You chose a life dependent upon your righteousness, not Jesus's, my son's act. You chose a life based upon your good acts not my son Jesus's righteousness. You chose a life depending upon your will and your understanding, but you never turned to me by accepting Jesus as I inform the world. And we might be thinking stubbornly or rebelliously, Lord, when did you offer me or the world this chance? Expect to hear John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but has everlasting life. And so as I conclude this message, you might still be wondering, why would God expect anything from me? Well, it's because God has created humans to live forever. And as we have breathed God's breath, for however many earthly years he predetermined for each of us, there will never be another moment that we will not exist. We were created to live forever. It's just a matter of who we choose to be with forever. Although we are united with God in spirit, 
Understand that Satan slid right in. He united with us most of our lives. And that's why we are infected with sin. That's everybody. That's even Christians. There's none good. We are not perfect. The only thing that makes a Christian right with God is we admit, I'm jacked up, I'm messed up every day. I'm not depending on you, on me. I am dependent upon you, Lord. I need help. I don't say do what, I'm in trouble without you, Jesus, but I'm trusting your promise. You're gonna get me to where I need to be before I leave this earth. That's the only thing that makes Jesus the Savior and Christianity right. We're not relying on ourselves. Every other religion, you have to do something. And that's not what God wants. He just wants our acceptance of his son. Jesus paid the ultimate penalty that God required to reunite us with him eternally. And that's all that God requires of us before we meet him for either judgment. Again, make sure you understand this fact. God's judgment is necessary because he sacrificed his only. And he will hold every person accountable for either accepting or rejecting his invitation to spend forever with him. You ever notice how personal we take rejection when we gave somebody our best, our all, our everything? Well, God feels the same way when we reject him. That's why Jesus' act on our behalf, it doesn't make heaven our ultimate goal. God's going to judge us based upon do we want to spend forever with him forever. God loves us personally. He also loves us jealously. And we will not, God won't let us treat Jesus' sacrifice frivolously. God will ensure that we don't do that. But guess what? Today, he's giving us a choice. So if you're watching or if you're listening, today can be your day of salvation to accept God's offer, to shield yourself from eternal judgment and separation apart from here. Him. Here's all you have to do. Pray this simple prayer. Father God, I acknowledge, I admit that I have lived a life of sin, uniting my body, my words, my actions to Satan and to this world. But Lord, I believe that Jesus made it possible for me to be safely and eternally reunited, turning back to you by his one and only sacrifice. And Lord, I close my prayer. I'm now confessing with my mouth that your spirit will initiate this process of progressive sanctification. You are preparing me for a reunion, a reuniting of my soul and spirit to you, the only one who loaned that spirit to me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer with me, you are secure, you are saved. You have turned back this day. You are now your spirit, your soul. When you do leave this earth, when I die, when you die, our spirits, we will now be safely reunited to the one, the only Father God of all, who gave us life. Well, celebrate that fact. Heaven is doing the exact same thing if you join the kingdom today. And notice, it isn't about joining a church. You will find a body of believers that believes the same thing we all do. There's only one God. You can't get to him 
but through Jesus and his Holy Spirit is now working in our lives today to progressively prepare us, find any church. You like a certain kind of music, as long as the message is that, find a local church that you can integrate yourself in and start working to now, what is my gift, Lord, so that I can tell people, I can build up eternal rewards by what I do. My salvation is now secure. Well, that's my time again, but guess what? Next week, same pastor, same words of life, which is the indisputable word of God. This is Pastor Mark, and we're taking you out of here again with a song of the week as we look forward to you again joining us by podcast or broadcast next week. God be willing, I'll be right here with you. Looking forward to seeing you, okay? We love you. Bye-bye. See you for now.
butterfly Said he wasting time, but maybe it's the wine I was waiting round, cause baby's out of town Thought I heard a shout, who called my name out Could it be a voice, a guilty and annoyed Things are not the same, I know I need change Lady love a friend, scrolling at her sin The memories of pain, will only be to blame Been checking from above, who was I thinking of? start my own church. Here we go. 
You came from heaven to earth to show the way From the earth to the cross My debt to pay from the cross Church They will be my members and my church You know I was thinking Where will the VIP section of the church be? As I think back to last Sunday, that service, my oh my, did we not have us some church. These may well be familiar phrases for some who grew up amidst a local congregation or assembly of believers in their childhood, adolescence, and maybe even teenage years of development. But sadly, this continues to be a familiar refrain to many concerning me today, me being the church. Understand that as he prepared to return to heaven, Jesus instructed his followers, fellow believers, to become agents of reconciliation by going forth to tell others of the good news. He reminded them that he had to depart so that Holy Spirit could fulfill his empowering role through them and now through those of you today who belong to me. Notice that I said Jesus instructed followers or believers, believers being disciples of Christ. Today, that means you. Gathered together, you make up me the church a lost world needs you and i the church if i were to query those who are not a part of our family inquiring of those who do not possess a personal eternal relationship with god through jesus christ the question i would ask is who would they say that i am as they interact with you. Am I the church moody? Am I angry most of the time? Am I inflexible? How about unforgiving? How about bitter or even impatient? Who am I? Who are we to others because of their daily fellowship with you? If others were to label me based upon the description you provide them, am I a black, white, Hispanic, Asian, pick one. Am I an ethnic church? Am I overly concerned with religion instead of relationship? Am I dogmatic and inflexible? Am I described as talking a good game, but never walking it out? A hypocrite of sorts. Am I primarily consumed with numbers revealing me as a small or a mega organization? Am I a place for the weak, the sinful and lost, or am I simply a beautiful edifice that eschews certain types or genders? 